fantasy sports, news, analysis, and opinion. This is Key to the Game with Dex Dunford and Colby McKee. What up, what up, what up? Welcome into Key to the Game Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Dex Dunford. Across the glass, I got Colby McKee with me. And this is episode 34, which, if I'm being honest, is about 33 more episodes than I thought we'd make it. Colby, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I agree. But, I mean, we're, we're having fun. We love talking sports. Hopefully, you guys have been uh, enjoying the ride as well. So, we're looking forward to another one. Yeah. And we got lots of stuff to talk about. Football playoffs in full swing. The first round is done. Now the big boys come out to play. The guys that have their bye weeks, they've, they're well rested. Yeah. They're jumping into the situation. It wasn't a great football viewing weekend, though. I got to be honest with you. Unless um, you were a fan of one of the teams playing. Yeah, they weren't really you had exciting to be games. Because, like, the early, so the, we talked about the early game being shitty, that Houston-Oakland game. Uh, was not very entertaining. I caught a bit of it. The one I was most looking forward to, and I think everybody was, was that Giants and Packers game, and that one was a blowout. All the home teams won, and they won by an average of over 19 points. So it was a complete blowout city, and that wasn't you know super exciting for me, i got to be honest. FanDuel-wise, yes, both of, both you and I uh, were going back and forth watching our, t- our totals, but that was probably the only uh, joy of the football weekend. Yeah, but you got to get those those bottom feeders out of the playoff picture, right. and, and now and now it's it's competitive the rest of the way. It's it, we got some exciting matchups coming up this weekend. I love the matchups this weekend, and uh, we'll we'll take a closer look at them. Starting with, I think one of the most exciting ones this weekend. It's we were all excited last weekend for this team, but Green Bay and Dallas. Oh, I told you this on Monday. This is going to be the dream matchup. Fox uh, on the Sunday afternoon. They're going to blow the ratings out of the water for this game. It's going to be insane. So much pressure on both sides, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, but fantasy-wise, there's a lot of players you could choose. And, you know, the matchups kind of, you know, there's there's some targets that you want to have on these teams. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been on fire the last few weeks. He's, I think he's the most expensive quarterback on FanDuel this week. That's correct, yep. Um, no surprise there. He's obviously earned that. And then on the other side of the ball, you got Dak Prescott, who's one of the cheaper options this week. I mean, obviously we have a limited number of teams still remaining in the in the playoff picture, so you don't have a ton of guys to choose from. But I really like Dak Prescott, if I'm being honest, uh, as a cheaper option. And when you when we kind of we can talk about some of the other options, Dak Prescott, you know, his value is there, and he's got a nice matchup against Green Bay who gave up a ton of yards this year, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Overall, you're right. I mean, that Giants game, they did not take advantage of their matchup. Uh, I'll say that. They did not take advantage of the uh, the, of the Green Bay pass defense and the lack of, of uh, DBs there available to them. So I, I think it's going to be probably more of a run game. I think Zeke Elliott is going to get a ton of work, albeit the Green Bay run defense has actually been pretty stout this year, and they're improving, and they're getting better. So it might force Dak into some more passing situations. I like Dak more so for the price than I would say the matchup. It, it's super hard to go against Aaron Rodgers, uh, and it's going to be difficult for me not to have him in my, in my lineup uh, and just kind of sort guys around Aaron Rodgers as my stud because I know um, he's going to do everything in his power statistically to carry this team past Dallas and move on. Okay, speaking of studs, the whole reason I like Dak Prescott is because I want to fit in a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I do like Ezekiel Elliott, but Le'Veon Bell is is the name that I was going for in my brain there. Uh, He's he's 
one of the most expensive players on FanDuel as well this week. He was well worth it last week. Yes. Um, matchup isn't as great this week, but it looks like it's going to be cold and, and not very nice in Kansas City this weekend. Uh, you know, that may bode well for the running backs. A lot of ground game, you know, you don't want to be throwing it through this cold air where, you know, guys might have trouble catching the ball with cold hands and stuff like that. So, and I mean, Lev Bell is Lev Bell. He, he's basically matchup proof. So if you want him in your lineup, I mean, it is really tough to get him in there if you're not choosing somebody like Dak Prescott or, or cheaping out elsewhere in your lineup. Yeah, exactly. I've been I've been having this issue as well because I love Lev Bell, uh, and I think a lot of people will at that price. Like you're right, he's almost ten ten thousand dollars. He's ninety nine hundred. Exactly. Uh, he's fourteen. Yeah, fourteen hundred dollars more than the next highest, which is uh, Zeke Elliott. So that's a crazy margin uh, from the top tier to kind of everybody else. But I would argue this matchup against KC is probably one of the better ones you'll see in the running back position. Uh, We talked about Green Bay's run defense with Zeke Elliott. Uh, You do like Devontae Freeman uh, going up against... It's at home against Seattle, though. And Seattle's defense, you know... It's pretty stout, I will say. So that's a tougher matchup than probably people give it for. Uh, We like Rawls. I do like Rawls. Do you like Rawls this week? Yep. So Rawls Atlanta is probably, has one of the worst defensive yeah. line ratings in the entire league. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt is right now questionable with an illness. He's probably going to play, but that's against Houston. Uh, that's a pretty good defense we've seen against Oakland last week. I like Lamar Miller, but it's going up against New England, and they're really tough. So there's a lot of tough defenses this week. Uh, so I would argue probably Lev Bell against KC, who's pro- kind of been susceptible through the run. Uh, they've lost some key guys, some linebackers, and a safety uh, throughout the course of the year. So I would probably say I like Bell and definitely will be trying to get him in my lineup. But I do see your point uh, about cheaping out potentially at quarterback or getting a really cheap guy like Paul Richardson. He's kind of my dude this week. I might be chasing the points, but I like a cheap, really cheap dude in Paul Richardson uh, to kind of you know bring that team whole. I've been cheaping out uh, at the tight end position. Same. I've got a yep. couple lineups with Levine Toilolo from the Atlanta Falcons okay. as my tight end because um, you know they they don't really have a ton of options right right now in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I'm not confident about really anybody at tight end except maybe Travis Kelsey, but he's quite pricey this week. He's the most expensive tight end. So you know after Travis Kelsey, you look down the list. I'm not nobody's name jumps off the page at me, so. I just went with the cheapest guy that I felt like has a half decent chance of maybe putting up a few points. And then, you know, that's helped me fit in, you know, Lev Bell and, and Zeke Elliott in my other lineups. Another cheap one, like you said, another, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel, you know, standard price uh, just announced kind of today, I would say, is um, Jesse James there from Pittsburgh. Ladarius Green's not looking like he's coming back from that concussion, at least this week. So if you need another bottom rung guy, uh, potential for a touchdown, uh, Jesse James might be your man there to uh, to fill out your roster. They're very cheap, forty five hundred. So another option there. But you're right. Other than Kelsey, I mean, I've got Bennett in a lineup. Surprisingly, I fit a Jared Cook in, uh, although he wasn't really doing too much last week. You know, Fedorowicz was really quiet. Jason Witten could be kind of a, a nice sneaky one as a cheaper option. So there's kind of that middling tier that I like. But if you need the cheaper route, uh, Jesse James or uh, Tu Tuilolo. Toilolo. Toilolo. Is he from like Hawaii? He's got a very Hawaiian name. It sounds like it sounds like he could like do the Hawaiian dance with the the hula hoops and the fire and and all that good stuff. That's very presumptuous a, about his Hawaiian heritage. A big luau. <laughs> 
Uh, um, maybe, maybe. How do you feel about Atlanta and Matt Ryan going up against Seattle? About Matt Ryan? Yeah. Um, I think there's better quarterbacks out there personally, but uh, I, I can see why he's third highest priced, I guess, this week. Uh, I, no, I actually I shouldn't say that because Russell Wilson's number four. I would probably take Russell Wilson this week over Matt Ryan. See, and I've got lineups with both of those guys in them. Okay. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm a Seahawks fan. I hope the Seahawks, you know, beat the shit out of the Falcons this weekend. Yeah. But, um, you know, I... I've seen some vulnerability in the passing game from the Seahawks after losing Earl Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a Pro Bowl safety. Um, you, you lose somebody like that, your defense is going to struggle in all areas of the field because, you know, the safety has so many different roles and there's so many different schemes and plays to use them in. Uh, you lose somebody of that caliber talent there's going to be some space that opens up no matter how good your defense is and no matter how good your depth is. Um, and and we saw last time that Atlanta and Seattle got together, uh, Atlanta put up some pretty decent points. Julio Jones had a really good game against Seattle. Uh, you could argue he got robbed of that catch at the end of the game against Richard Sherman with maybe a little bit of pass interference, That's maybe right, not, yeah. whatever. Um, but, you know, I think there's some potential there for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I think a lot of people could be backing away from them because they're up against that Seattle defense. You get the name recognition of Richard Sherman and and uh and and just the Seattle defense in general you just see you just see Seattle and you just know that that's a good defense right um and people will want to avoid them so you know that could be a, a decent gpp play is looking at the Atlanta offense they've proven to us before that they can do it uh we talked about that three game stretch in the middle of the season where they were facing some some daunting defenses and they put up some of the best you know stacks uh, between Julio and Matt Ryan that we've seen this year. So they have done it. They've got the track record of doing it. So I don't I don't doubt Matt Ryan at home, especially. Uh, if this was in Seattle, it'd be a completely different story. Uh, we've seen what Matt Stafford didn't do last week against Seattle. Uh, but this is a different quarterback, a different environment. It's going to be rowdy. Atlanta's looking to avenge some playoff demons as well. Uh, Matt Ryan... You know, this this playoff performance could go a long way to determining if he might be an, uh, a legit MVP and beat Aaron Rodgers, beat Tom Brady, if he can put up a decent, you know, playoff push. And that's going to start with a win uh, and a really good performance against a very tough defense. So uh, GPP-wise, I would definitely agree. I think Matt Ryan could be a, a very nice play for you uh, and still not expensive enough that you can't put in other guys around him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and looking at the Saturday evening game, Houston-New England... I'm just really not excited about anybody here except the New England defense. Yep, same here. Got them in uh, at least two of my lineups. It just looks like it's going to be a really low-scoring game. Um, New England's favored quite heavily by 15 points. Uh, So they've already got it marked as a low-scoring game. It looks like New England's in line for a blowout win. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if you really want anybody on the Houston side of the ball. You you really liked the idea of... of, uh... I was going to say Dion Lacey. That's not his name. What Dion is the, Lewis. Dion Lewis. My apologies. Um, because especially if Blunt is not 100%, uh, he's not running full cylinders, uh, he might be an interesting play as a GPP, obviously. Uh, a nice, cheaper running back, uh, getting more reps than, than James White as of late. I mean, Dion Lewis was supposed to be their starter all along until That's he right. got injured. And then LeGarrette Blunt had an amazing season. Um, I was very happy with him as somebody who drafted him late in our fantasy draft. 
But, uh, yeah, Deion Lewis was supposed to be their guy all along, and he got injured, and they've been easing him back in, and it just feels like such a Belichick thing to do to, you know, ease this guy back in. You're not really sure, is he the number one guy? Is he sharing it with two other guys? Is he sharing it with one other guy? I don't know. And then he just comes out and has a huge game this weekend, uh, just seemingly out of nowhere. But, I mean, anybody who knows the skill of Deion Lewis and, and watched him last season... Uh, especially close to the end of the season, uh, you know how good he is and and what he can bring to the game. Uh, he yeah, he could come out of nowhere. He's so far down on that salary list on Fanduel. Some people might not even scroll that far. Exactly no, because you see that top list, and we talked about it last week in terms of 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 kind of there was that top tier um, of Ajayi and I guess Lev Bell was up there, and then there was kind of like a lot of question marks in the middle. But there's this week I'm finding there's more depth in that running back position, like a Dion Lewis. You know, that scat back, he's you know, a technical master of those short passes, uh, very much kinda like a Lev Bell in terms of he's not he, he's more of a receiver, I'd say. Uh, maybe like a Jaquiz Rogers type, maybe. Um but Dion Lewis, I mean, he could be that guy if the corners really lock down on New England's uh, you know, your Michael Floyd, your Malcolm J no, what's his name? Not Malcolm. Malcolm Mitchell. Malcolm Mi- Malcolm Jenkins is a corner, is he not? Um, you know, J- Julian Edelman, perhaps. They really kind of shut down the main weapons. They're going to have to go to somebody else uh, and the- to put up points. Maybe you're Chris Hogan's deep threat, Chris Hogan. But yeah, Deion Lewis could be a nice play there at running back. Uh, you're right. Other than that, I mean, do you, do you go and pay up for Brady against that defense? I'm well, not. and see if if the point spread is accurate, and let's say New England gets out ahead quite a bit. Okay, I can't see them slinging the ball a lot. You know, maybe some quick checkdowns to a guy like Deion Lewis. Yeah, um, a lot of running plays to run out the clock. I don't see them, you know, risking Tom Brady or any of their receivers or anything like that. If if they get out ahead and they're just going to cruise to a victory, I mean. New England has been here before many, many, many times. They they know how to win in the playoffs. They know that it this is a long term thing. Like you know, they they're heavily favored. They just have to come do their thing. Houston is the one that has to really come out and try to win and do some crazy stuff to win. New England just has to play the game that they've played all season long. And that defense is going to carry them. And that's one of the reasons why they're uh, they're so heavily priced this week is because. They've done it for a long time. They're keeping the points down. Uh, maybe the yards isn't you know quite where they want it to be, but this offense is very hit or miss. We're talking about Houston here. Uh, this offense is not you know it's not New England, and hopefully uh, they can show New England can show that they're superior in every facet of the game. So I, you're, I'm expecting a double digit win, uh, no doubt. And you're right, probably defense is the only real uh, person that I'm targeting this week off the Patriots. And then Pittsburgh, Kansas City, we sort of touched on this. I'm looping back around a little bit, For but sure. uh, there's a little bit more we can talk about. Um, obviously, Lev Bell, highest price. He's probably going to be very highly owned in cash games. Uh, you probably got to throw him in in a cash game, even though he's so expensive. You got to find a way to work him in. Other than that, the weather looks like it could be pretty cold. Um, could be a lot of ground game. Spencer Ware is interesting to me, okay. but this also... You know, looks like it could be a pretty low-scoring game. It's actually projected to be lower scoring than the Houston-New England game. That's surprising. A little bit, but I mean, Kansas City's a very good defense. And, yep. you know, depending on how Pittsburgh gets their receivers involved, I mean, if 
if Kansas City can shut down Antonio Brown, then we're basically looking at Lev Bell versus the Kansas City offense because that's what it's going to boil down to. I mean, Travis Kelsey, he's he's in line for a pretty good game, I think, because he is one of their top receivers, period. Um, he's had a great season so far. Pittsburgh gives up a lot of yards through the air. Um, and Alex Smith, as we know, loves throwing to his tight end. So all of that kind of makes me think that maybe Travis Kelsey has a good opportunity. Spencer Ware has a great opportunity. He's he's kind of a Deion Lewis type back Very in true. that he can run straight downhill or he can go into the flats and catch the ball. Um, and I like Alex Smith as well as a, as a cheap quarterback option, especially if you want to fit in Lev Bell. You know, Alex Smith could be a great option at quarterback. You're right. I was actually looking like surprisingly I don't know why Alex Smith caught my eye this week price obviously was number one and I mean we talked about it you know before about Pittsburgh's defense and it's not it hasn't been historically good this year um so there's there's definitely holes to exploit uh you know even even Alex Smith in his quick routes he's not airing it deep but there's still chances for his receivers to get open to break some tackles and, and one of those guys, you mentioned Kelsey, you mentioned Spencer Ware, it's Tyree Kill. Yeah. Very dynamic. Uh, you know, this might come down to a special teams play, and we've seen it time and time again from Tyree Kill. He could bring one back. He's got blazing speed. Um, one of the definite surprises of this season. Uh, it's going to be interesting where he gets drafted. We'll talk about that later, obviously, but uh, in different leagues next year. But Tyree Kill this week is make, really um, is interesting guy for me, and I, a guy that I want in my lineups uh, as that number two receiver with some punt return yards and a touchdown maybe. We'll see. Um, but he's definitely a guy who can break the game open and make things really difficult for those Steelers. So a couple guys, though. It's, I, that's a more interesting game than the Pittsburgh-Miami was. This is a more formidable opponent there for Pittsburgh. Well, and Miami was playing with their backup quarterback, and you know, so I, you hate to make excuses for them, but it it was very much like Oakland versus Houston. I mean, if you had Derek Carr, we would probably be talking about how that was an exciting game. I don't know if Oakland necessarily would have won. Houston played fairly well against that defense, but Oakland got nothing going offensively. And, you know, it just wasn't that exciting of a game. At least if they had had Derek Carr, we could have maybe seen a few more points up on the board. How great would it have been to see Oakland and New England uh, in this situation instead of Oakland, or say, instead of uh, New England and Houston? So much better matchup. Yeah, I mean, everyone Houston, would be cheering for the Oakland Raiders. Houston played pretty poorly all season long. And, and I, I think uh, looking at all of these teams that have made it through to this next round here, they're the least deserving of being there. Yeah, which one? Which one's not like the others here? Yeah, exactly. I mean, all of these teams, you know, played their asses off, and and Pittsburgh had a bit of a rough patch. So did Green Bay, but they or they've got the they history. turned it on. They've got the history uh, of performing well in the playoffs, yep. even if they weren't, you know, terribly good this year. All the, even like the wild card teams. You're right. Your Green Bay was in there. Uh, you know, KC earned themselves a bye. They worked hard. You know, Seattle was a lower seed compared to the rest of the division and the conference. So you're right. They've got that history, though, and even titles in recent memory uh, to prove. And, yeah, Houston probably does not belong in this list. No. Uh, they, they're they lucky that they were in probably, arguably, the worst division in football. Yep. And they're lucky that they came up against Oakland without somebody who is arguably an MVP candidate or was until the last couple of weeks of the season. And they're lucky that they that Mariotto broke his leg 
and yeah. and, and Tennessee, Tennessee lost out really. Yep. Tennessee killed themselves with that injury. Otherwise, they'd be in this position, you know, potentially. So yeah, so Houston is pretty much lucky to be here, and you know, I think the only way that they keep going and move on to the next round is uh, they get lucky again and Tom Brady, you know, misses his alarm clock or something. I don't know. <laughs> that defense has to play out of their mind. Like, they got to shot everything down to give Brock, Lamar Miller, and co. a chance to score. You know, great field position. They got a special teams, maybe. They got to pull out all the stops uh, for this to even happen. But how, you know, how fitting would this be if, by the grace of God, they come, they, they take down New England in New England? I mean that would be pretty amazing. This would I, I don't be see like happening though, so I'm not going to talk about it too this much. This would be insane. I I love the uh, the other theory though. Uh, should we move on to a little bit of hacky tack? Yeah. What do you got on what, on what do you got on tap? Um. Well, I mean, there's a few guys that have some pretty good streaks going right yep. now. Uh, we talked about him on the last podcast, and that's Michael Froelich. He's now got four goals in the last three games. Him and Backlund look really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Matthew Kachuk is quietly the third le- highest rookie scorer this season, behind the the obvious two names. That's yeah. that's actually really impressive. I did not know that. He's, and he's Number only three. he's only a handful of points behind. Okay. Um, and well, let's talk a little bit of the uh, All Star Game. It's not necessarily fantasy sports relevant, but I mean, all these guys that are in the All Star Game obviously put up a few points this year. It's so. gonna be fun as hell. I remember watching last year. I was really, really uh, interested in and impressed with how it went. Even with the whole John Scott scenario, I was really impressed in the way. Like it was very entertaining, and it's new. And I, I think it's gonna be even better this year without that kind of storyline. There's still the guys, and we'll touch on it. There's still guys that maybe that should be there, and that's the talking point still in sports radio today. Um, but you know, definitely uh, gonna be interesting to watch, and I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, the the biggest one for me is Mike Smith from the Arizona Coyotes. Yes, I understand that you have to take one guy from each team minimum. And Arizona is obviously at a rough season. They're going to be a lottery team this year, and you know you you got to look at a pile of crap and pick out a nut to take to the All Star game. But right. I mean, Mike Smith, of all of the guys that you're going to, why wouldn't you take Oliver Ekman Larson, who is without a doubt one of the most talented defensemen in the NHL? But you no, know, you take Mike Smith, and then you leave out guys like Cam Talbot, and that makes me shiver to say as a Flames fan, but mm-hmm. he's more deserving of being in the All-Star game than Mike Smith. I just think the goalies in that division itself are not very uh, appetizing at the moment. You're right. If Talbot's your number two in that division, I I, I don't know. I don't like it at What about time. John Gibson? We we did talk about John Gibson. He is, you know, he's probably up there. You you talked about Ryan Miller. Miller's been... Better than Mike Smith. And then we talked about Chad Johnson. Better than Mike Smith. But, you know, Calgary's kind of, you know, hit and miss right now. They're still splitting 50-50. There's not a lot of number one guys, maybe. Let's say that. Um, yeah, I can I can agree with that. So, you know, you, you take... Um, who was the first? Martin Jones. So he's the clear number one there in yeah. San Jose. Uh, Quick's been injured, so Quick would probably be the guy as well. Let's let's be honest here. Most likely. So he's out. You're not taking Budai, um, but people are talking. If it wasn't for Smith, this team might not have, uh, you know, five wins. Let's say I don't know where they're at now, but they're they would be half of what they are without Mike Smith. Uh, and that's saying something because, like you said, his numbers are you know under 900 save percentage and over three goals a game. It's not like it's, it's terrible. It's not good. But for where where they at right now, 
I don't know. You're right. You're, Ekman Larson's probably the more formidable name, but then you're talking about taking a guy, either Drew Doughty or Cam Fowler or the other defenseman. I don't. That's the one I can't remember. There's Doughty, there's Fowler, and I don't know. The other defenseman. I'm shrugging my shoulders. Yeah, I know. But then you, got, you know, a team or a, a player from every representative is also a key factor, right? So you got Bo Horvat in there too. So he's the Vancouver rep. But so he's then, had a decent season, at least. I mean, at least you can kind of look there and be he, like, really? Well, he's I, what he's got like 14 or 15 goals. Like, uh, whatever. That's not bad. I guess maybe it's just Vancouver. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, Vancouver is a bit of a gong show too, and I think but, they're they started the season bad maybe a little worse than their team actually is, and now they're playing better than their team actually is, and where they actually should be is somewhere in between those two positions. Exactly. They're they're like a point out of a playoff spot, I think I heard. I don't think that's sustainable. Well, we also didn't think Calgary was sustainable, and look, they're right up there. This whole Western Conference is not as good as previous years, let's be honest there. Yeah. Um, the 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 separation between the top teams and kind of that middling team, it's going to be very tight. This race is going to be... Uh, one of the closest I've seen in a while. You still got Edmonton up there. We've, you know, Calgary, Vancouver, all these Canadian teams. Not Winnipeg's still there. Um, you know, it's going to be very interesting. Even come trade deadline, which is another topic. Um, which teams are really out of it and selling, and which teams are really looking to make a move to solidify a, a potential playoff push? But I mean, in the West, the only two teams that are out of it, not nothing's happening for them this year, is Colorado and Arizona. That's correct. Yeah. The rest of them, I mean, might be more realistic for others than some. Than than some, but uh, you know, for the rest of the teams, there's still a legitimate shot. You can, you know, sneak in in the wild card or or, or even win your division or get one of those top spots in your division. Exactly. It's so tight right now. And I was actually looking at some of the stats. It looks like you know they usually say 96 points is like your line. You want if you hit that, you're going to make the playoffs. You're a really good chance. Yeah. 100% chance you're going to make the playoffs if you hit that line. Every point below that, you you know, you start to lose a lot of your percentage of making the playoffs. So that's but about, what, 45 year, wins? Let's just let's give it a number. Probably about 45 wins? Yeah, ish. around there. Just a little. 44, 45 You know, say 45 wins, wins and a few overtime losses. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but this year, they're saying that the that number looks like it could work out to be more like 88, 87. And that's, a, that's a, like a given at 87? Well, they're thinking that that'll be your wild card That'd spots. Be, well, I feel like the wild card spots have been that high 80s in the past. I don't think. Yeah, but it's like 89, 90, and now they're thinking mid 80s. Like, so it's there's going to be a like a good little drop. And I mean, it doesn't sound like much. We're talking 89 versus 85 points, but that's two wins. Couple wins, yep. Yeah. That's I mean, that's point. when you get down to the crunch time at the end of the season. Two wins is huge. All these wins count. Uh, you look at the Raptors. That's you know NBA talk quickly uh the raptors you know they were on a big slide then they get a good win against uh you know boston this past week uh a, a kind of a statement win in january but they all count uh and you know a formidable formidable opponent are what you know what counts the most but anyways back to, uh, my back to all-star talk quickly uh my you talked about your uh pick being mike smith kind of the question mark my question mark has to be cam atkinson one of them um, I, you know, and how, why he wasn't included? That he wasn't included. How good is Seth Jones? Honestly, like Bobrovsky, I'm not going to argue. He's been fantastic. We talked about him before. But Jones, statistically, how good has he been? You're saying not? There's not another another defenseman in that Metropolitan Division. They're in, no, are they in the Metropolitan? 
Uh, yeah, I it's think it's a so. division yeah. with with uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and all that. Yeah, and good Washington. Stuff. So you're telling me that there's not another defenseman. You know, I don't know like Chris Letang. I know he was injured for a bit. I don't know if he's not eligible to get in there. Um, I'm thinking of Ghost Bear there in Philly. I know he's been really quiet this year, but there's not another defenseman other than Seth Jones that, in my opinion, isn't lighting the world on fire to not put in, you know, a top 10 score in the league. That's surprising to me. Another one is Artemi Panarin. Um, Jonathan Tay said it himself. He's surprised that he got in over guys like Panarin, Anisimov, other forwards on that team. Uh, that have put up more points and and kind of been more of a linchpin to that offensive game um, than than Taze himself. So Atkinson and to a lesser extent Panarin are my two dudes that I kind of question. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to remember that this whole thing is just a big marketing event to grow the game of hockey. And um, but do you want you want high flying offense? You're going to put these guys in there, these little guys. Well, in Atkinson's case, if you're a hockey fan, that's what you want. If you're a hockey fan, you want to see. The guys that are the most exciting, that are going to be out there, you know, making crazy plays. But the All-Star Game is not for hockey fans like you or I. I fucking hate the All-Star Game. It's so dumb. I can't watch it. I just, I'll watch curling that weekend or something. Oh, wow. That's a big statement. Well, I, it's dumb because you it's three on three, which is gimmicky as it is. Okay. I mean, it's exciting to watch, but it's gimmicky. Um, and... You know, there's a bunch of politics in it, just like Jonathan Taves making it. I mean, the guy doesn't even think that he should be going over his own teammates, let alone anybody else that I'm sure he respects in in his division. Um, but you know what? He's He wears the C. He's got the name recognition. He's been to the Olympics. He's won Stanley Cup. Yeah, he's the blah, brand blah, 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 ambassador blah. for Chicago. 100%. It's American I mean, if market, we're, If we're going to get down to merit, then Johnny Gaudreau shouldn't be going from the Flames. No. Michael Backlund should be going. Uh, Matthew Kachuk should be going. Wow. Dougie Hamilton should be going. I mean... I like Dougie. Actually, has a good pick. Well, maybe over a Fowler. But Fowler's been good this year, too. Well, and Dougie kind of started slow, oh, Burns. so that's his own Burns fault. is the other defenseman. It's okay, Dowdy. there we go. And then you're not taking Burns off. So no, he, Burns is on, for the sure. The only questionable, I guess, is Fowler. And Fowler's been really good this year. Yeah, and Dougie started slow, so that he shot himself in the foot with that one. But if he had played like he has been lately all season long, for sure he'd be in. He's been anyway, really we're getting distracted. This whole thing, though, is politics and it's marketing and you need the biggest names there. You need you need to have your Taves and your Goudreaux and your McDavid's. Obviously, McDavid deserves to be there, no question. Yeah. But you've got to have all these big names that are going to get casual hockey fans to tune in that weekend and watch and, and maybe buy tickets to the All-Star Game or buy an All-Star Game hat or a jersey or something. And then there's you know, hardcore hockey fans that kind of understand, you know, who should and shouldn't be there. Yeah. Uh, maybe somebody, so-and-so got snubbed, so-and-so doesn't deserve to belong, to be there. Um, you know, it, it's the All-Star Game is not for, for guys like us. The All-Star Game is to the grow kids. the game. Yeah, it's for, it's for kids but who want to see the big names and blah, blah, blah. So I'd argue, if you're going to go with that, that reasoning, I'd argue that, the, you're right, the fans like you and I, you're right, they hate the All-Star Game. You hate it. Uh, it's gimmicky. It's not real hockey. It's not five on five. You want that defensive game. So then, you know, you put in you put in your Seth Jones compared to the kids and the the, the, the non-hockey fans that want fast pace. They want excitement. Why are they watching? They want excitement. So you're going to put in a Cam Atkinson. You're going to put in a Johnny Goudreau. Guys that are going to create offense in this format uh, more so than, I mean, it's hard to argue. You got Vorchek on that team. You got Crosby. You got Malkin. I think you got Malkin. 
Um, I mean, I guess the point I'm trying to make is yeah. if you're to pull Joe Blow off the street, you know, he's a casual hockey fan. He watches, you know, let's say half the televised Flames games every year. Okay, who's he going to know? Well, yeah, and you say, well, you're, are you going to be watching the All-Star game this weekend? Yeah, yeah, I'll be watching it. Okay, who do you want to see? I want to see Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. I want to see Jonathan Taves, Captain Canada. Yeah. Are you gonna, do you want to see Cam Atkinson? Do you think this casual fan has really been following? But do the, you want to see success? Seth Jones on the fence? There's probably better. You could put Chris Letang. People know Chris Letang but more. Seth Jones is like a a young, exciting defenseman off of you know a team that almost broke the record for most consecutive wins in the NHL. That's I mean, right. So you can sort of see why, and and Cam Atkinson for sure deserves to be there. You can only take so many guys off one team. That's also an issue because there's less spots now. I feel. With every division, they used to have like you know a twenty-five man team when it used to be two teams, and I feel like that there's way. Well, less. and it used to be five on five. Well, five on five and full benches. You're right. Now it's like yeah, the whole bench. It's that was three one on thing three last pond year. Hockey, yeah. was, it was the full bench. They were all like huddled in one corner, and the whole bench was all the commentators could stand there and be no problem. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. I mean, yeah, I. In the, it's going to be a great event. I'm looking forward to it. I, you're not going to watch it from the sounds of it. No, probably not. But I'm gonna, I definitely I'm, won't watch the skills competition. Yeah, that was. I remember that was pretty painful. Uh, that used to be the highlight of my sat. Like the skills comp in the basketball is a highlight. That's something I look forward to. But this is not the skills to uh, PVR and record. No, I no. mean when if you're watching in a bar, like maybe you're at you know uh, Hudson's or or, you know, Molson Canadian House or whatever, and it's on, yeah, you'll tune in. But it's not something you're going to PVR and sit down for. Well, the only reason you'll enjoy it if you're at the bar is because you're drunk. That, yeah, that's might... the only... Like, the skills competition, that, what are the highlights that they show from the skills competition the last couple of years? Uh, you Hard have check grabbing Johnny and pretending <laughs> that he's a little miniature stick handler or whatever. That was, got, like, three years ago. And you've got Subban grabbing uh, the Yager jersey and the the old flow and, and throwing and the, the old Jofa helmet. was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, so it's the highlights from the skills competition and the shootout are basically guys joking around and having fun. I mean, that and the is, hardest shot, though. Well, hardest then, shot's yeah, kind of one of those. That's interesting, too, but it's, you know, that also kind of plays into the technology. That's more like the stick companies putting their new stick on display more than anything. Yeah, let's get this Easton graphite stick. Well, exactly. Like, you talk about some of the hardest shots in the history of the NHL, and you got, like, Al McInnes, but him with an old stick couldn't hold a candle to Shea Weber with a brand new stick, even though they, you know, all things equal, if they had the same equipment, they'd probably have similar speed of shot. But every year it's about breaking the record and really it's just they got better equipment now. Well, and they've also included a new type of like obstacle course and like they're they're doing saucer passes over sticks and stuff. And I don't want to watch that shit. That no, looks, it's yeah. like Sedin and if you miss it a couple of times, like. Like you feel the pressure and stuff like that. Like I've, I've seen that a couple of times, but that's like watching like a peewee practice. Like, oh, learn how to the saucer pass <laughs> here, guys. Like, no, I don't want to watch that shit. Um, yeah, so Saturday is not probably my forte, but I think I also kind of like, if I remember correctly, it's like an earlier start, it's like a four o'clock start. Um, so it'll be you know right around that dinner time. You're not watching late into the night on Sunday. You can finish up. And still, uh, well, I think football will also be, no, will football be on that weekend? I think it's the end of January is the All-Star weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I wonder mistaken. if it lines up with the Pro Bowl. Oh, well, no one watches the Pro Bowl, though. Yeah, I mean, that's like somehow Although, worse than the All-Star game. Did I not see something about potentially a Pro Bowl combine 
they're doing a Pro Bowl combine down. Yeah, I saw they're doing like some sort of skills combine yes. thing for the Pro Bowl. They, they're really trying to pump this thing up. Well, because nobody watches the Pro Bowl. It's always been a joke. No one it's wants a bye to go. week before but the Super is it Bowl. Not, is that stadium not full there in, in Hawaii all the time? Because it's like the only chance they can see football stars. That's probably it. Well, yeah. And I mean, Hawaii is there. a big vacation def- destination. I mean, I'm not going to lie that if I if I was in Hawaii when the Pro Bowl was there, I'd probably buy a ticket and go oh, check it sure. out for sure. That makes I sense. mean, just like if I was in L.A. this weekend I, or the weekend that they're having the All-Star game, I'd probably go check out the All-Star game. But, is it in L- in L.A. this year? Yeah. Because it was in Columbus last year? I can't remember. There was a year where there was Columbus in there. But, yeah, okay, L.A. this year. Well, that would be a party town. So, yeah, who's going to be ready to play on Sunday when you go out Saturday night? Well, nobody. Who cares? It's the All-Star game. Johnny doesn't Goudreau. mean anything. It's not like baseball. At least baseball means something. Not anymore. Did they change that? They ch- oh, yeah. You missed the boat on that one. Well, I don't watch a ton of baseball. Um, yeah, no, that, that was part of the uh, that's part of the new CBA. That they just signed, like, beginning of November. Oh, so this last one was still under the old rules that 100%. actually... Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. So Cubs... I try not to keep up with too much off-season baseball talk. Did Cubs... Yeah, NL won this year. So they won... No, I don't know how it worked out. Cubs end up winning. But, uh, yeah, now that the All-Star game does not determine home field for the World Series. It's now best records. They should just stop having All-Star games. It's dumb. No, I mean, it's, it's a moneymaker. It's but. a moneymaker. It's for the fans, and it's never going to stop unless the players boycott it. Or if us as fans boycott it and we say we'd rather just have regular hockey and, I don't know, play two extra. Or give your team more breaks. Well, that's what they're doing right now with these. Uh, these the bye weeks. The bye weeks is brand which is, new. Which is also kind of dumb. Like, get rid of the all-star break. Get rid of the these new bye weeks. Every, everybody a week. And just stop having so many back-to-back games. Like, so many of these teams have... Ba- I remember when the Flames started this season, they still have more games played than half the division because they were on the road and they played, like, two back-to-backs in the first week and a half or something like that and didn't even have time to practice. Well, and it's it's news because it also affects fantasy, too. Like, that's what kind of what I've been dealing with the past few weeks is goaltenders and, and star forwards on bye weeks for the entire week. They're not even playing until the weekend. Well, yeah, and is, is your bye week going to coincide with your, your league's playoff and week? And playoffs are coming I up, mean, that exactly. would suck if, if you're, you got Connor McDavid and his bye week is the week that you're trying to secure the league championship. Exactly. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, it's it, that's very tough. And, yeah, I, that's something new. I didn't realize until it kind of hit me, like, a few weeks ago in my first bout of, uh, of bye week blues. So... That's an interesting point. Well, should we wrap this show up? I just got a quick, I got a breaking news. Do you want to hear some breaking news? I want to hear breaking news. Um, so I'm not sure if you've seen the alert. Blue Jays have been on a roll signing players today. Did you catch the first signing of the day? No. Okay, they re-signed Darwin Barney. Whew, that's uh, a big one. Infielder slash outfielder slash utility man. Hold on to your butt. To so a one-year deal. So they re-signed him today. They just, I got the score alert for Ezekiel Carrera. Outfielder re-signed him to a one-year deal worth $1.16 million. So, uh, it's another... Stop with all this huge news. We need a, we need a stinger for breaking news. We do. So, I mean, they're kind of solidifying that outfield without Joey Bats now. They've got Melvin Upton, your boy, Melvin Upton. Um, you got Kevin Pillar. They've got Zeke Carrera. They're still talking with Michael Saunders potentially as a fourth outfielder. It looks like they're maybe moving forward with uh, without Joey Bats, even though the alert last night was that 
Joey Bats is still number one on their priority list. Well, I still think, I mean, they've only re-signed guys. They haven't really replaced him yet. Um, Carrera is not an everyday player. Uh, either is Bautista. I mean, usually when Bautista goes out, uh, Carrera was was subbing in. And Carrera was, was good, though, in the playoffs. He he had some clutch hits. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he is what he is. I yeah. mean, he's not a replacement for Jose Bautista. No, so. but very few people are going to be. Let's be honest. But I'm just saying that, you know, these signings, I don't think that solidifies anything. I think it solidifies they still have a, a replacement guy that can step in when Bautista's having his rest day or, or he's DHing or whatever. But, yeah. Um, I, I still think that there's a pretty good chance that they sign him or sign another big name, like you said, Saunders. You think that they might re-sign Joey Bats? Yeah, why not? Like, what's your percentage at? Like, what if you had to give it a total? What's your feeling? Seventy-five percent. They're gonna. He's gonna resign. Yeah, I was gonna say seventy, seventy-five. Do you think his pride's gonna be hurt though after what he said in in spring trading this past year with the allegedly five years, hundred fifty million, and then coming back for maybe a two-year deal? Like, do you think there's a lot? Of, he's a very prideful guy, very emotional guy. Do you think he's gonna do that, or would he rather go and take a, even a one-year deal somewhere else? Um, no, because you know what? He's kind of one of those players that's, if you're not a Jays fan, he's pretty universally hated around the league. That's been an issue from the sounds of it so, so far. So, you know, I think that he's going to have to swallow his pride. And I know that he, he does genuinely enjoy playing in Toronto. I mean, as much as he's, he's made all these comments and stuff, you can still tell that he enjoys being a Blue Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be bothered too much. He had an opportunity to play for a huge contract this year, and he played decently, but he didn't play like the kind of guy that's going to get the money he was originally talking about. So, but he had injuries. He had a lot of freak injuries that you know. But, you know, shit happens, and exactly. he's he's also getting on in his years. So they're looking at players that they want to spend money on, and and we saw Encarnacion. We thought he was going to get a huge deal, and he ended up getting a bit of a pay cut. Yeah, that in agent. In comparison to what people were That expecting. agent had to be. I don't know what, what his status is, but he's got to be on the market right now. He cost, We talked about it. He cost him $20 million in another year. Yeah, on pretty that, much. On that Eddie deal. I mean, I would, as a Blue Jays fan, you know, they offered him the $17.4 million qualifying offer, right? Um, he declined that. He was looking for more. I would be okay if he went two years for $30 million. I would sign that. Yeah. I think that would be okay, 15 mil per season. He's probably looking at more 20, um, and I would not go that high. I wouldn't even go more than the qualifying offer, and that's what the Blue Jays apparently have been uh, you know, holding Pat at, is, uh, is that qualifying offer at, or less. So, Well, I mean, like what, pitchers and catchers report in like a month or something? Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like 30 days. It's super So quick. he's quickly running out of time, and, and teams are going to be fl- filling out their rosters and spending all their money. I. I think he's probably better off to sign for whatever's in front of him right now than hold out and wait. Because I, I, unless there's some kind of spring training injury or something like, but oh, you do not want to be caught in that as a big name with a lot of money attached to you. That uh, you're you're waiting till the last minute for somebody to sign you. I mean, if you were kind of like a, a depth player and you want to hold out for you know an extra five hundred thousand a year, then you can maybe do that. But for a big name like that, like teams are going to have their budgets set by time spring training rolls around. You don't want to be stuck there, you know, with with no deal. Well, and he's he, he's really bound by this draft pick compensation as it currently stands. Uh, until I think until the draft happens, um, 
you know, he's he if teams that do want him and want to sign him have to give up that first round pick as it currently stands in the CBA. Until next year with that new CBA, I don't believe they have to give up a team's first round pick for guys of this ilk. So it's going to change some things next year. This year, it's still the old rules. So that draft pick compensation, teams don't want to give up a first round pick for him right now and pay him his salary. So something's got to give. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's got to hopefully get some more offers and see if uh, some teams want to bite. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, breaking news, Blue Jays talk. Darwin Barney re-signed. Here, dun, dun, dun. here in Canada, we talk Blue Jays all times of the year. Yeah. Anyways. Alrighty. Well, on that note, let's wrap that thing up. I hope you have a great weekend on FanDuel. I hope you enjoy all the games. I'm going to be watching every single one. I love Saturday football. It's been pretty nice. Yeah. I love Saturday football. That two third is it a two thirty start again? I want to say. Yeah, it is. So yeah, kind of late afternoon, dip get into your, that Saturday night. Get your chores done and and you know hang yeah. out and then and crush in a for workout. Some, yeah, get a workout Maybe in get, and then you can eat chips and dip and or heal from your hangover from Friday night. I don't whatever you do. Right. At least you got you got some time. You can sleep in, get your beauty rest. Thanks for tuning in this week. We will talk to you next week. I'm Dex Dunford. He's Colby McKee for Key to the Game Fantasy Sports Podcast. We're signing off. See ya. Thanks for downloading this episode of Key to the Game. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and visit keytothegame.com for past episodes and in-depth articles. 